What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Oh, Jerry. Um, what? What? So I <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the big show. Um, I, I want to say thank you, guys, everybody who listens. It really... Um, it means a lot, and you know we have our our Patreon uh, page that helps us to afford things like, um, you know, the the monthly the monthly um, SoundCloud account and the unfortunate what is it the the uh, not the uh, I was going to say Audible Spotify Spotify no Audacity we were Audacity. we were using Audacity which was a free program and now we use the uh, Hindenburg which costs money and so any number of things that the money goes to so we appreciate that but mostly you know it's like I was going through and I was looking at like all the different there's a lot of different recovery podcasts and there's a lot of different sobriety podcasts and I am so glad that people are out there putting out a message that works for somebody right so yeah absolutely I, I try to listen to some of them and I'm not connected. I'm not interested. I don't like it. It's just not for me, right? But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have any value. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's no, important. There's a lot of them out there, right? I know that sounds, but, you know. There's just a I don't, lot of podcasts in general out there. Yeah, I think there's something like three quarters of a million podcasts, yeah. um, which is insane. So I guess all of that to say is that I know your attention is finite and it's precious and it's important. And if you're listening to this, we appreciate you listening. Also, we we our sound quality is really bad right now. So yeah, so we're, we're that too. if that if that comes over, there's just some technical issues we're dealing with this week, but it'll be back on. Um, and you know the best thing you can do is share it with somebody, post it on your social somewhere, um, and we appreciate it. So, yeah. um. Sorry, That's I didn't my... mean to address the uh, the bad sound issue in the middle of you doing that. Well, so so hey, pro- promote our <laughs> prestige, like I said earlier, our prestige podcast. We're like we're like the limousine of podcasts. Like you and a couple of friends get together, rent us out in high school, drive around right. town looking cool, sticking out of the sunroof and waving. Drive through Carl's Jr. Drive through Carl's Jr. Everybody gets fried zucchini on the A's for alcoholic <laughs> podcast. Do they have that there? Fuck yeah, Do my wife loves something. it. Oh, really? My wife's favorite thing is Carl's Jr. only because of the deep fried zucchini. I make it at home and she's like, it's not the same. Not the same. Not the same. Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. I didn't oh, know yeah. that. I was always, I always liked the um, the waffle fries. Yeah. Yeah. Or was it, cur- no, because curly fries were, that was like a jack in the box thing. And, and they were the scene. worst. Yeah. Like the curly the fries at jack in the box were shit. They didn't season them. So no. then when you're drunk at like three in the morning, this big box of curly fries, you're like, oh man, it's going to be all salty and delicious. And it's just like, just plain ass potatoes and yeah. like months old grease. Eating a hot ass potato cut <laughs> with, <laughs> with no salt. Well, no, they ended up seasoning him eventually, but yeah. I but, guess I just yeah. have a bad memory of the Jack in the Box. I mean, I have bad, I have bad memories of Jack in the Box in general. Too, but I love Jack in the Box. Just speaking of bad memories, um, <laughs> tell me, did you watch that video I, that I? Sent? I did, I did. I, I scrubbed through a lot of it, but I I yeah. feel like you're too hard on yourself sometimes. Like you'll okay. text me and be like, "What the fuck was wrong with me, man? It's a subhuman." And I'm like, "No, dude, you're an alcoholic. You're having fun." You're a fat little well, alcoholic, just like me. I'll send you some of the we other ones where it was mistakes. just me and Danny. Yeah, but yeah, we absolutely so, made some mistakes. But just sometimes you're like so hard on yourself. I'm like, listen, we were all fucking little dingbats, dude. So Jerry and I are talking about a um, 
a movie, a home movie, uh, you know, camcorder, VHS, mini VHS that Jerry had purchased right. a, a camera. I don't remember. Did you, what was your intention with buying that? Was there right. any sort of like dream of sex, sex tape probably or something? Just <laughs> I don't remember, but I mm-hmm. was making some movies. I was making little mm-hmm. short videos, but honestly, my reasoning behind it is probably gross. I was probably like, right. yeah, go for it. Let's get weird. I got tattoo mm-hmm. money now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I made a couple of music videos and shit. Yeah. On my own. Oh, and then I got to I remember that. There was one yeah. you did to that Mike Doty song, the Sugar Plant. Yeah. It was like black and white kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was way later than that. Okay. Well, maybe it was around the same time. But anyhow, I, so John has these videos. John, like, we decided to document our lives. I don't know why. Like, at one <laughs> point, it's our Coda giving himself a haircut. <laughs> and it's you and I and Coda blowing things up with firecrackers. And then it's me with a with a military flare in the backyard. I don't know where I got a military flare from. Why not? Yeah. Then he's got footage of me arguing with my ex-girlfriend because she's trying to give me driving lessons. And I don't want to take driving lessons. And he could just you can't hear us at all. And all you can see is the outlines of us, but you can tell we're arguing because of her body language. Like her arms are crossed mm-hmm. really high on her chest and she's just like nodding like you could just see my little pink head in the car, like bobbing up and down. Yeah. But I think you're too hard on yourself. My point is sometimes right. I'm like, we were just kids in our twenties. I, and we hadn't, I don't know. I don't know. And that was I what? 99, 2002. Yeah. And we were still in the 1900s in the beginning of that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then later on it was the two thousands. But Well, I appreciate that. That's it's, I think too, for me, and maybe you see this too, but I look at the dramatic, um difference in weight in my face especially in my body yeah. and so that's something that um i go like jesus christ john how are you doing that every single day you know we just bloated no yeah and the tools yeah. weren't there we didn't have a smartphone where you can like mm-hmm. track your steps we didn't have a smartphone to count our sober days do you know what i mean right. like if i wanted if it were 1999 i wanted to know my sober days like i'd have to find a calculator that wasn't right. attached to a phone I was talking on. <laughs> I guess buying a calculator is not that fucking hard, though. No. No. Um, but, yeah, I guess people change, and, you know, we we were just – you're right. We were just having fun, we just not having doing fun. a very good job, but, you know. But you know what was... the important part of all that shit is, though, mm. is that we never forget. Never we never forget, forget who we were. <laughs> I think it's important. You said you texted me that too. That it, when I was telling you about going through it, and like, oh god, and it's like just remember that man. Like that's that is who you were, and that's who I could have still. And I was that person for another fifteen years, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever yeah. it was, thirteen. Yeah. And now um, here we are today, two svelte, thin men in the in the middle of a weird midlife crisis. Midlife crisis, pandemic. I'm currently, um, just so that we have it on the record here. Um, I'm currently about 15, 20 miles away from the forest fires that are happening in Northern California. And although my quadrant or section or zone has not been put under evacuation, um, the one where I work has been, which is about seven or eight miles away, but that's at the very tip of that particular zone. So I'm fine. I'm safe. All is well at the, at the time of the recording of this. Um, but there's a lot of people who are dealing with a lot of horrifying shit and you know my heart goes out to them like i i can't even imagine oh, i mean i can a little yeah. bit i did a few years ago when i had to run when i had to flee <laughs> but um, yeah. um and, and but, to think about this podcast we have episodes within weeks of each other where we now are both have been put under near evacuation notices mm-hmm. yeah That's yeah so it's it's amazing to me in those moments, the when I'm like like I was telling you last night, it was one o'clock in the morning, and I'm trying to pack a couple of backpacks with clothes, and I'm thinking, well, what's really fucking important here, dude? Like, just grab a couple of jackets and a sweater, you know, and as many underwear and socks, you know, fresh underwear I think is important over yeah. my 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 fresh fly, you know, boots that I got at Macy's yeah. two years ago that I never wear. So, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, so I filled it all up and it just really becomes apparent what is important and just all this other stuff. Like, I can't go through the closet. I can't. 
save the photo albums and i can't do you have photo albums i have some because i we took a bunch of pictures before you know even yeah i have pictures back to like 2005 or six my wife has photo albums i don't i know i guess I, i have a graffiti photo album but that's about it though well what happened was i had a big i had lots of pictures in these boxes and i eventually like during quarantine one of the things i did was i put them in the photo albums so I packed up things. Love there's, it. you know, there's bags by the by the door. Um, uh-huh. I suppose I could put them in the trunk, but uh, I, I, I will know today, uh, probably what what's going to happen one way or the other. Um, but yeah, it's intense, man. And and I'm, like, and I think about it, and I go to bed, and I wake up, and I don't sleep very well, but like, I'm awake and I'm sober and I'm alert. And I'm aware and I don't feel I couldn't imagine waking up hungover and then thinking I had to, like, flee for my life. Yeah. Yeah. There's can you imagine being being hungover or thinking that I had to have a drink before I got on the road just to handle the reality of the situation. Right. So. Well, um, at least I would have made a really good memorial video of you with my camera equipment. It says you pictures of you from your photo albums, just pictures of you naked with a parking cone on your head, just mm-hmm. like in the arms Basically. of an angel. <laughs> rest in peace, naked John, in the uh, arms of an angel. Yeah, that should be N for naked John. Well, That's not what it is today, but um, that was an old. Did we ever talk about that? No, yes, we have. Yeah, I think we have. This is that theme we return to a lot in this podcast, though. And I know if people listen to them chronologically, they'll notice that we always double back to this theme is, how could I do what I'm doing now, fucked up or hungover? Like, it Mm -hmm. comes up every podcast. I'll say it or you say it. Like, can you imagine doing that hungover? And I honestly can and cannot. You know what I mean? I can remember it, but I can't fathom doing that now. In the state I'm in now. Now, that being said, like, I listened to that podcast that you sent me with Dax Shepard. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't need to plug his podcast because that guy's a millionaire. He's got enough listeners. But uh, it's very interesting, <laughs> though, to hear him talk about relapse, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, how easy it is to just fall right back in that hole. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be any other thing, you know? So for now, I can say with the certainty I have in this moment that I don't want to go back there, whether or not, do you know what I mean? And in a way, well, in a way, absolutely is my choice to go back there or not. You know, it is absolutely my choice to relapse or to go back to where I was before. Like I need to take that first drink, but then once that first drink is in, it takes the second drink. Do you know what I mean? The first drink takes the second drink or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you know, I have that, that escape hatch. That's my fucking, you know, that's the hatch. I don't know mm. if the escape hatch is the right term for it, but you know what I'm saying. So, no, yeah, so I do want to talk to you about the Dax Shepard thing here in a bit, but I want to um, first— What's our letter our, for today? So N. our letter today is N, and I wanted to—this was—we um, we had Kyle on the program during the beginning of the quarantine, and he is one of our uh, patrons on Patreon— and he wanted to share his story. And he lives he lives up in the Pacific Northwest, I believe, somewhere in Washington. Um, okay. But he he I was know. talking about last week. <clears throat> we talked about I said something about knowing the buttons that are that you have, like the buttons that people can push. Yeah. And so we all have buttons and kind of finding a way to release those buttons and let them go so that people can't push them. And mm-hmm. so he said this reminded him of a quote that I thought was really cool from. Um, everyone's favorite imp, uh, Tyrion Lannister. Oh, yeah. And the quote, so N, N is for never forget what you are. The right. rest of the world will not. Wear it like armor, and it can never be used to hurt you. And I thought this was, and this is also is connected to the videos <laughs> that we, that right. I had sent. And I plugged it earlier, but you didn't catch it. I was like, never forget, John. Oh. You're like, yeah, yeah, so anyway. I thought it was... Uh, I thought Let me you were talk making about some my life-threatening, uh, life-threatening <laughs> evacuation here, Jerry. Yes. Okay. Man, I'm that was sorry. like an hour ago. I know. Oh man, I thought it was some obscure. I was like, is he making a 9/11 reference? I'm not getting. Like what? No, it's making it's the fine. letter from the fucking podcast. Mm. 
Um, so, so you start it. You you hop it okay. off. Okay. What are we doing? Right. What do we never, never forget? forget? Never forget who what what we are. And right. I think so. A lot of people may not may not agree with us, but I'm an alcoholic. Okay. Yeah. And nice no, I I don't. <laughs> my name's John, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my you name's Jerry, and I'm a ripping alcoholic. I love that you have Jack Daniels boxes back there behind your left shoulder. Dude, you know where we go to get our moving boxes? Lick the stove. Yeah, that's. Oh yeah, um, right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, great. Uh, they're good and sturdy. They hold heavy bottles. Oh um, yeah, I have tons of liquor boxes from moving. Yeah. So I think the thing for me when I think never forget is my capacity and my capability and the ease in which I could very easily slip into not only the self-destructive behavior, but the destructive behavior in all of the people around me. And so when I look at those videos and I get, you know, it gives me shivers almost. Right. I think, I think, I think that's a good reaction. Uh, but but also, you're right. It was just we were we were young and we didn't know. But it 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 reminds me that that was there and that that's that existed for 20 years or more in that in that phase in that that avatar of me that that way right. of thinking way of being, mm -hmm. and I don't have to identify with that part of myself ever again if I don't want to. Right. But if I ignore it or forget it or think that it's gone. Um, then I run the risk of falling back into those same ways of being, behavior, pattern, thinking, <clears throat> all of that. And I don't ever want to do that ever again because it was so painful. Um, the, you know, the fun aside. So I think, <laughs> but I also know that on the flip side of that, the level of accomplishment that I have achieved in my own life. And, you know, that's a funny, that's a funny thing because it can very easily, uh, maybe it's, maybe I don't have a lot of money or maybe I don't have, um, a lot of quote unquote success, but mm -hmm. I've been sober for five years. I lost 70, 80 pounds. Right. I have, you know, run 13 miles in the desert in the dark. Um, mm -hmm. you know, all these different things, you know, I have a good relationship. Those, those, those depends on how you define success, but I don't ever want to forget that that's what I'm capable of as well, that right. I have the ability to achieve those things. You know, um, when I look back at those, when I watch those videos of you and I, and we're just, just sitting around or standing around and just, we're basically just fucking around. Like there yeah. was never any, there was no motivation to do right. anything. There was no, there were, there didn't seem to be any goals. There didn't seem to be any sort of, uh, everything was very short-sighted and mm -hmm. very, what can, what, what can feel good right now? Like, what the fuck? Like there was video of us just standing behind a bar in an alley, smoking yeah, cigarettes. Yeah, but see, I can't be too hard on myself for that no. shit because I was in my 20s. When right. you meet a motivated 20-year-old, you're like, that guy is a fucking weirdo. Every fucking 20-year-old I've met that's motivated is either a fucking young Republican or, like, <laughs> shady as fuck. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, man. So I can't be like, oh, what was I doing? I was being 22. That's what Fair I was doing, enough. standing around. And I had All no right. focus in life because I didn't know how to have focus in life. That's why I was an alcoholic. I can't be mad at 22-year-old Jerry. See, it's different for me or you. Because your perspective right. of it, you have a lot more videos of you doing wild shit than I do. <laughs> so you get to be reminded of it. You know what I'm pissed at? I'm pissed at 35-year-old Jerry who fucking mm -hmm. knew better and still kept fucking putting that shit in his, in his fucking body. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. But even that guy can't even waste my time being like, what was wrong with me? I know what was wrong with me. I was a fucking alcoholic who went through some trauma when he was young that I need to fix that or not. The things we do now are just, in my opinion, just part of our new norm. This is just what we do. I can't really sit around and get dessert, be like, I deserve accolades because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm an alcoholic. Normies are like, who gives a fuck? You're doing what you're doing, pay your rent. I'm sorry you had fucking addiction issues. Now you don't. That's what normies think about us. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't ever think about like that internal struggle that wants to keep pushing. And to me, it's not 
always it's not there all the time. I mean, I've said I always double back on that in the podcast too, but it's not there all the time. It's not no. even there in moments of crisis. Like when we were where you're at now in that like mid evacuation when the sky was red and I thought we were going to have to leave everything. I wasn't like, I need a fucking drink. That never crossed my mind. My What crossed my mind was run for your life. But <laughs> in hindsight, thinking about it and the exhaustion of it and finally releasing all that, there was part of my mind that was like, man, wouldn't it be great to just push it all out even better? Do you know what I mean? Like. So for me, like I look at those those videos are funny to me because I was a kid and I forget myself. But I also didn't do you did some crazier shit on video than I did. So and you have a record of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was more like you're like look at the spectacle of John. And to me, mm-hmm. I was more like having that crisis in my alone time. Like right. nobody was sitting filming me crying with holding True. a fucking gun. Do you know what I'm saying? Like deciding yeah. whether or not myself. Nobody was filming that. You know. Yeah. So. It's different for us. Our perspectives on it are different. Yeah, just like what true. Code is like, oh, you, you, John, you're being too hard on yourself, you know. But his perception of it is different than yours. Do you know what I right. mean? You were like, hey, we were all laughing, but on the inside, I wasn't laughing. You know, it was tears of a clown, man. I was tears of a clown, <laughs> you know? dude. I was we're always fucking my, around. Like, my perspective was, if I make a spectacle of myself, people will laugh at me and if they laugh at me that means they're accepting me and then if i can be accepted then i can be loved and so there was this right so on some deeper level it's this search for love and acceptance in doing all the wrong things to get it right Um, and that that's just an aspect of your motivation do you know what i mean that's just an aspect of your alcoholism as well that wasn't caused by your alcoholism and you that didn't cause your alcoholism, but it is definitely like part of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's another symptom of that symptom of the symptom, you know? So um, dancing around the living room naked to they might be giants, <laughs> James K. Polk, while my roommate Danny videotapes me and just is chuckling in the background. Right. And to that's, me, that's a weird, just a weird scene. That's just like a, the strangest Tuesday ever. Oh, and and it was so reverent, it would make me laugh. See, I was like your audience that was laughing. Right. Like we, and that made, we fed off each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and I didn't realize until later, and you talked about it even not shortly, but you talk about being alone, drunk with the gun. And you would tell me that. And I think that, I mean, I don't know why you told me that unless you were, I mean, is that a cry for help? Was that just like, hey, look, this is my fucking struggles? Yeah, I don't know, man. And I never once, it never, I was like, oh, so you're here, so we're cool? Oh, I was like, damn, dude, that's rough. All right. You don't want to see yourself right now, right? I'm like, no. And you're like, all right, cool. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, and that that would be the end of the conversation. But... There's nothing I can do with that anymore. Oh, there's that's bullshit. There is something I can do with that. I can not forget it and wear it like armor, like the quote from Tyrion Lannister, who is an alcoholic character, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which is funny because he's like an active alcoholic. Because he, at another point in time, his quote is like, I drink and solve problems or whatever it is, or yeah, you know, I, I drink and think. I know things. Yes, exactly. Which, yeah, all drunks think they know things, and some of them <laughs> do know some things. I know some yes. things, you know, just like you know some shit, I... but um. It's yeah. funny. I think I watched. So let's see. I got sober in 2015. Game of Thrones has been around since what? 2000? I watched the first like three seasons drunk. Yeah. 2011, yeah. I think. 10 or 11. Because we started it back in Arizona. Long. Okay. And I feel like when I. And that's an early quote. I drink and I know things. Right. That was like and third I, season. And I think in that third season and hearing that, there. In act an act of alcoholism, there feels like a sense of power to that, right? That sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, it does. that sounds. You know, it looks cool, and he's got the he's got the flagon of wine, and there's you know going to go to war and all this stuff, and he's sort of right. gallivanting around the chamber, and and, and he doesn't I, follow by your standard rules, your, right? Your, your your normal rules of society, you know. He's living outside of the the, the norm, you know. And then I listen, I hear that when I hear that quote or I see it on a T-shirt or something or, you know, an Instagram quote and I hear it now and I'm going, I'm just like, well, I think like, come on, man. I mean, one, I know it's fiction, but also I drink and I know things like it's not, I don't, I don't feel as much power in that anymore. Right. Right. Because, and like you said, living up to a, I don't live up to your standards. 
I don't live truth, up to your societal standards. I'm well, no, drunk. of course not. Well, I I lower my personal standards so right. that I don't have to deal with any of that other shit. Plus, like, dude, wearing a shirt with any message on it other than I shaved my balls for this is corny as fuck, dude. <laughs> That's the only shirt with a message I think is hilarious. That's it. Right. I mean, yeah. what's the... <clears throat> I, yeah, I just, with, like, I, you can't sleep, clowns will eat me. The ones you get at the dispensers that are like, I do what the voices tell me. And I'm like, if you start hearing voices, you'd be crying. It would be a sad, scary thing. Yeah. <laughs> you hear voices you. Ah, I never heard voices in the first place. Uh, no, not me. So that's was, not me. I think that's another person on another podcast you speak to. <laughs> there was I used to hear um when I was younger, like when I was 18, 19, 20, I used to hear voices, but they didn't make any they didn't make any intelligible words. Oh. It sounded like some other weird language. And it it went on for like a couple years and then it went away. And I no, never was never treated happened. or anything, but uh, that, I mean, okay. Maybe you should talk to your counselor about that. that yeah, I mean, I would get hung over and get phrases, but that's yeah. just my internal monologue repeating a phrase right. of finding the pattern within the trauma I've caused to my own body, you know, but I'd never like hear a voice and be like, that is not my internal monologue. That's something else. Yeah. I did for a little while, but I never really, I kind of just pushed it out and didn't really. Well, you're to an it. adventurer, you know. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just I like this idea of never forget what you are right. and um, both good and bad. And I yeah. think that it's <clears throat> uh, in in the program that we prescribe to. There's a they talk about being a not being aware of yourself, but knowing yourself, right? Self. Um, right. What's to the thy, phrase? To thy known self be true. Yeah, and self knowledge, and then and that this is a very important step in recovery it's not the end all be all and that it can be detrimental if you are solely going i know myself and that's all that i need to know and i don't need anything from anywhere else there right. need no i need no help from any other person nor do i need a source of faith energy light right. whatever that's that self will self will run riot right yeah um but i do think that self knowledge is an important step in the program yeah and that, <laughs> okay. Absolutely, yeah, and, yeah. And that realizing what I'm capable of in the positive, like it's been monumental for my well-being and for my um, for my sobriety. Like I couldn't, I going like, oh, I'm capable of this. I'm confident. I can be courageous. I can be. Um, I can be brave and you know these they you hear these words a lot courageous and brave and yeah you know but but it's I think it's really true and I think they're really accurate words um you know one of the things like the little things that for me feels courageous is when I wrote that letter to my dead dad yeah and I didn't want to do it and I didn't want to do it and I put it off for like years and then I wrote it you know I wrote one and then I wrote another and um those things that are that are huge. It doesn't have to be some sort of public display necessarily. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you talk about doing the work and always wanting to know exactly what that is. Yeah, because it's uh, so ambiguous, right? Yeah. Then part of me believes that the you know it, it the, the way I define my bravery or I don't really like the word brave but I know it's hard I but... know because it's funny right it's become a meme like so brave you know oh you guys are so brave for your recovery and I'm like ah, dude something just got really bad and I didn't want it to be as bad as it was and now I'm learning to live like a normal person but mm -hmm. I, I think to me like the courageous aspect of a lot of people out there I don't want to say just me but just a lot of people me included is just waking up and mm -hmm. doing doing whatever maintenance you need to do to keep your life afloat and on even keel you know that takes a lot man people don't think about it but it takes a lot of attention john the same with you too there's like a billion different things we have to do all day to make sure that this shit doesn't come falling down all around us and not just the mental work but the physical work like get up work out wash dishes eat breakfast feed the animals do this do that same for you you're probably like get up work out eat breakfast get ready for work you know what i mean do your journaling do all the mm, things mm, those, mm. those little things take a lot of fucking time and a lot of toll and it does take some courage to do those things because you could definitely just be like fuck all this shit 
I want it to be easier and harder at the same time, right? Because that's that's the glamour yes. of alcoholism is that your 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 inner alcoholic tells you, well, this is going to make it easier. It's very political because it tells you a huge fucking lie, and then it does the opposite of what it tells you it's going to do, and then makes you think that that's what you want. Do you know well, what I what's mean? What's the lie? The lie is. What's going to make it easier? It's going to, you're going to be able, you'll be able to have that moment of relief. You'll be able to relax. You'll be able to fit in with other people again. You'll be glamorous. You'll get to go dancing. Hey, you might even score yourself a threesome. Who knows, man? You get to fucking be the best karaoke singer out there. You get to finally tell that motherfucker what you think about him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it mm-hmm. tells you all this shit. You have all this power. And then in the meantime, it's like that scene in Super Troopers where the, or maybe it was a beer fest where they're having the big drunken dance off and the guy thinks he's so fucking hot. And then it just keeps coming back to him and he's just smashing tomatoes with like a beer box on his head, you know? <laughs> but it, like, he thinks he's got a crown on and shit. That's right. what it is. It's so deceptive. And it, it definitely tells you. It's going to do something for you, and it does the opposite and tells you it's still doing that thing for you. And in order to not have to listen to that voice or to listen to that escape hatch, that fucking thing that tells you it's a lifeboat, it takes a lot of takes a lot of fucking ovaries, it takes a lot of fortitude. You know? It does. Yeah, dude. And then the only the only right? threesome I ever got was like what? a plastic pint of old crow and a fucking twenty two of Coors Light. You know what I mean? Like that was it. <laughs> dude, yeah, my threesomes. Like, yeah, it was a fucking bottle of bourbon and a pack of cigarettes, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm. Damn. Ah, oh, it's it's it's. Yeah, what a trip, dude. What a fucking trip. This whole, it's just a big mind fuck that we do to ourselves and the whole. I, I wonder if normal, but I mean, I hate using the word normie and normal, but no, maybe non-alcoholic, non-addict people. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a similar version of that. I can't put myself into their psychology, right? Like, what would be. I don't know. Could it be politics or could it be money or could it be prestige? I love that word today. That's my word for today. It's mm-hmm. prestige. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think every human has it. It's in our nature, right? Like we want to push that button that makes us feel good. And most of the time it's like really bad for us, you know, like mm-hmm. you could mash it in with anything, sugar or buying things or living outside of your means, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But I think we got lucky because we figured it out and we're, we're trying to cope with that, you know, and, and find other ways because running's good for you, but running can also be bad for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Tear, tear a glute or something or uh, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, tear it's, a glute. I don't even know if that's tear, an thing. They just tear know. ass cheek. And is then that he, a place that, isn't that in Indiana or is that Terre Haute? Yeah. Tear a glute, mm-hmm. Indiana, dude. It's <laughs> where the corn palaces. I um play some cornhole. I play some cornhole. I think, ah oh man, I am just so. What was I gonna say to you? I don't know. Um, what were you just? You were just talking about well, the um. Brain, we're talking about cur- cur- courageousness and bravery, but our bravery. overlying arch is just you know. Not forgetting that you're a drunk motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, so so yeah. When you talk uh, about you talked about the courageousness of waking up, right? And just getting up and not doing it with with a drink and right. the struggle of that. So I think too, there's all this maintenance that's required for a better life. Like yeah, that's just dude. anything. So mm-hmm. so it seems it seems trivial, but when I think about how I lived drunkenly and how I live sober yeah. so in sobriety now. That when I was drunk, I never did the laundry until the very last day. I never yeah. did the dishes until I absolutely had to. And even then, I didn't do them. No. <clears throat> I wouldn't – vacuuming, taking out the trash, all this stuff so that you can have some peace in the space in which you live. And coming to realize the importance of that peace is huge. So, yes. yeah. so when I, I, I realized this the other day, I was cooking some food, making food, and I'm doing everything like I'm making lunch to take to work and I'm – making breakfast and I don't even sit down to breakfast hot or not until all the other dishes are done. So I Same wash here. as I go. Mm-hmm. Right. Same here, dude. And yes. that never yeah. used to be the place. And and I remember, <clears throat> I remember, um, I was with Rashida and we were, well, it must've been here. Cause, and she's like, well, the food's going to get cold. And I said, I know, I know, but I'm just, I'll, I won't enjoy it. <laughs> If, oh, if I know you do all the dishes, dishes. yeah, unless there's, no. if there's dishes in the sink, oh, right? Okay. I'm the opposite. I'll eat with dishes in the sink, but I okay. don't cook. 
I don't cook with a full sink. So like I'll go right. to bed with, well, it depends on who's like Megan won't go to bed with a full sink, but I don't give a fuck, but I'll get up okay. and before I cook, I'll do all my dishes right in the morning. Or like if I'm going to make lunch and there's two cups in there, I wash them. Mm -hmm. Like I can't cook with a full sink, but Got I can it. definitely eat with a full sink. We're like the opposite. Okay. Like, odd couple. Okay. If my wife right. ever me, we'll move in together, dude, and we'll just pick up each other's shifts, you know? <laughs> well, God forbid. Um, yeah, no, I don't want to believe me. I like her. We get along real well. Yes. Um, so I just think that's 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 an interesting contrast to how I used to live and that the importance right, of the maintenance right. is so – it's huge, and it makes yeah. me feel so much better to leave the house knowing that the sink is empty. And you had no furniture. Yeah. Like when you moved in that little house in Napa and I came to see you, you had some furniture, but mm -hmm. it was like that sectional you had and half of it was in one room and half was in the other. Yes. And like, I'd be like, there's nothing on the walls. That was more Coda than you though. Coda never had anything on the right. walls. It, we were laughing about this few podcasts back where it was just a dead flower tacked to the wall. It was <laughs> literally had a dead rose tacked to his wall. I'm like, what well, is up with that? You know? And he's just like, I don't know. This is beautiful, man. Or whatever. Yeah. But like, they just you just didn't care like just because this was, you didn't want nice shit like you would have no. an old TV and I'd be like dude you have a little bit of money let's throw out this old TV and get you a nicer TV so you can watch movies and shit and you're like now nah, I don't give a fuck like I'm gonna take this money and drink with it because you're like yeah. I don't watch TV you drunk and listen to the radio <laughs> right I wouldn't because yeah. it, because it would take away from the funds that were required for the alcohol every single time. And I Which think too, funny because you worked in a bar, like you were getting free booze all the yep. time. <laughs> yeah. I was it was like, never enough, dude. I it was know, never dude. fucking enough. Isn't that crazy? That's why we're sitting here. That's why <laughs> we're sitting here. Cause you worked in a place where the free booze was at. Like I envied you because I, I was like, I would drink yeah. a case of wine and I'd have a nice ass TV and be drinking a case of wine. That was the difference between us though. Is I would buy shit. Yeah. But but that's also part of my my pathology. You know what I mean? Me buying shit has a lot to do with like that. That mm -hmm. find a need and fill it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's. <sighs> and it, you talked about normies and how normal people and people who are you know non-alcoholics, non-addicts. I, I was. Go ahead. Doc. Yeah, I was waiting on a couple, and they were very nice at the restaurant. And I sold them on this bottle of wine, which you know, obviously I've never tasted, but they were they loved my description. Um, and it's um, the name it's of the like all the, the other ones. <laughs> basically, I mean, I don't man. When I used they to all drink taste wine, the same, dude. Yeah, anyway, I'm yeah. Sorry. I mean, either you're into it or you're not. And if you're into it, then you're really into it, and that's great. And I'm happy to help. Congratulations. Um, but there's there's one call. It was like Spanish for the word the crew, and it was like Guardria, Guardria. I'm not familiar. I don't know. I should okay. know it, but I don't. Not really important. Right. I think it was like a Saravian. Again, see, I'm, I could go into it with you if I needed to sell it to you. Really but could. They were oh, very no. excited. <laughs> they were very excited. They I poured it. They were like, "Wow, this is great. It's so different from what we drink." And I was like, "Perfect." And they were lovely, and they were kind, and right. they were sweet. And when they left. They each left about a half a glass of wine, like mm -hmm. gone. And I was like, that's a lot to leave. Nobody ever leaves that. Half Very a Half of a glass of wine. Even people who are seemingly normal will finish their wine because they paid for it. Right. And then as I go to clear the table, there's like, I don't know, two inches of wine in the bottle. Right. And I'm thinking, what the fuck, guys? And they're just they were done drinking and it wasn't about right. the money. And I think too, there's a my father was this way. Um, and you know, I it I think you listen to the podcast I did with my mom and she talks about my dad. And one of the things he would do is he would always finish his drink because it was always seen as quote unquote a waste. Right. Yeah. Can't mm -hmm. can't waste that that alcohol. Need to drink it up. So it didn't matter how drunk you were, how much you had already had to drink. It was always about this. We put it in our heads that we can't waste it because we paid for it, and there's right. value yes. mm -hmm. in the bourbon, in the in the beer, and you know, hey, finish that, <clears throat> or what's the joke? Hey, you're gonna leave that half a beer there? That's alcohol abuse. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I forgot about that joke. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So it's like, what a fucking corny ass joke. Um, but 
was funny at the time. It was funny. So I even I, laughed right now. Instead of, <laughs> right. Like my reflex was like, oh, a booze joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that um, some people are just they they get to they get to enjoy it and they get to um, they get to have it, enjoy it and walk away from it. And God that's fine. Them. God Good love them. You know they Good go home and spank each other or some shit. Or oh, I'm sure. There's, I mean, everyone's got their, everyone's got right. their, their like, and their, their weirdness and their, like, I don't I think know, because no, you're no sober. No shaman. No shaman. No, 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 no. But you know well, they go home and daddy puts on the diaper. Daddy. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, normies ain't normal. Nobody's normies normal. And normal. so. It's normal. That's why I feel weird about that word because I'm like, right. hey. I, sometimes with that word normie, I feel like, oh, I'm atypical, so I'm a special little somebody. And they pound that into your head in the program. They're like, you're not special. You're not unique. You're an alcoholic like the rest of us. It's very Fight Club. It is yeah. very, yeah, it's like, it is very you are not club. a snowflake. You are drunk. Like, you and I got something in common, right? Like, mm-hmm. you could drink a case of wine, and I hated wine. Like, even you talking about trying to sell me the bottle, I'm like, I uh, hate wine. I drink it, though, but I hate it. Yeah. So I did take Jerry on one wine tasting back in 2012 oh, yeah. or 13. It was, uh, that was so weird, dude. Gun, wait, Gunlock Bunshu. Yes, yes, you remember. <clears throat> so it's a, um, so Jerry doesn't fly. You were too hungover. I, I was really hungover. And so I he was coming fly, down on the train. And the train, um, was like this overnight deal. So the train picked up at like eight o'clock in the morning in Oakland. So I had to drive an hour and I picked him up or like seven or eight. It was really fucking early. It's like seven 30 in the morning, dude. So I've made an appointment because I want to share with Jerry, my experience of living in wine country and what it's all about. And I'm like, I know, man, you don't drink wine, whatever. It's going to be cool. Don't worry about it. We'll just, we're going to do wine tasting. It's not drinking. We'll go get real drinks. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm just trying to hype it up and I'm trying to convince him and like we're going to take this dune buggy and we're going to drive out to the vineyards and it's this whole experience. It's going to be great. And I pick him up. But then the wine tasting doesn't start until 11. So now there's like two hours of both of us being exhausted because I think maybe you slept we on the both train were hungover. Yeah, I got hungover. drunk on the train. Yeah, hungover. So tired. It's so early. And we get there and it's still like 30 minutes till this fucking thing goes. And I'm like, can we get like a glass of wine while we wait or something? And they're like, no, we don't do any of that and blah, blah, blah. We're not open yet. And so it was like this. I remember like just clinging on like, man, they're going to give a Chardonnay any second. Oh, my God. I can't. You were green. You were like sweating bullets, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. And I was fine. I was like, yeah. this is your A-tip hangover. As long as I don't poop my pants, I'm doing great. <laughs> like, this is pretty fucking normal hangover for Jerry, but you were, like, on a hard hangover yeah. that thing. Yeah, uh-huh. I can see it. In I you. think that whole week I was on hard hangovers. Um, yes, you were, and I kept pushing it, too. But anyway, and they gave me the wine eventually, though. <laughs> yeah, and so we did the thing, and it was fine, and then we both went home and fucking passed the fuck out. Yeah. But it was this, like, this whole pomp and circumstance around getting drunk. And having right. to make, you know, getting it done. And, and it was just, it was so much energy, effort, and, you know, force put toward drinking. Yeah. Insane. It's, right. you know, they talk about it being insanity, and it really is insane because. It absolutely is, yeah. It's an obsession of the mind. But, and I really think, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no. And I'll right. interject. I really honestly theorize, this is my own personal theory, that alcoholism and addiction is a form of OCD. It's a form of obsessive compulsive disorder. I really do. And I don't know if, you know, I'm obviously not a doctor. I just play one on the podcast. But, like, I think it is because we obsess about things outside of alcoholism, like mm-hmm. outside of drinking. Like, we, have, I was incredibly obsessive in relationships. Like, a woman would leave me or I'd break up with a woman. I would break up with the woman and then obsess over her completely compulsively for months and months and months and months mm. and months and like stalk her and text her and write her on Facebook and be like, I really loved you. And she would be like, you fucking dumped me or you cheated on me. <laughs> like, what are you sad about? You know? Right. So, yeah. So I still, I really honestly think it is a form of <clears throat> insanity in that sense. And I don't want to use insanity in a negative way to people out there who do have these like obsessive compulsive or anything like that. I just feel like it's a, a mental, like a form of mental illness. Well, obviously it is, you mm-hmm. know, 
I think that's what we mean when we say insanity, but but in specifically OCD. And OCD. I yeah. I can see that by the fact that I would I would begin to plan what how I was all the things I was going to do to get a drink the next day. Mm-hmm. I would already be thinking about it. Yes. I would be sitting at a bar on a Monday night and drinking there and thinking, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be hungover. And then tomorrow I have to work. So maybe I can, I can have two beers before work and then I'll mm-hmm. get there. And then I can, while I'm setting up the bar, cause I worked at a bar, right? So while right. I'm setting up the bar and I'm moving bottles around, people just expect me to have bottles in my hand. So right. if I'm smart about it, I can pour myself a shot of well vodka and chase it with a little bit of Sprite. But I'm right. always so what I would do is I would always be pouring myself a little glass of Sprite. Uh-huh. So that was like a normal thing. So everyone would always see me doing this with the right. gun, soda gun, sh- shot, sh- shot. So that uh-huh. when I poured that shot of vodka, it never looked out of the ordinary. Right. For you had vodka in the gun? It was in no, the no, gun. no, no. I'm sorry. No, but I oh, would like oh. pour it or something like that or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Or sometimes I'd take off the little I was thing. Like, could and you pour vodka in a gun? They do have them in Vegas. You have That's what I was wondering. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, but go ahead. Yeah. But so I would be thinking about the series of drinks I would have at work the next day while right. I was sitting on the floor. And the, the training, you, you training the people that worked for you. To right? just associate you holding that drink with just normal shit so you're not – there's nothing weird going on. No. Even though it's really weird though. It's getting really weird, but they can't tell it's getting They really can't weird. tell, right? Or Look so I that. think. You're like kind of tellering that shit, dude. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> true. And so I'm doing like this fucking psyops on wow. my coworkers yeah. to, to get them to be normal to look at me because I remember one time a kid behind the bar – he had a shot of whiskey and he turned around and he squatted all the way down and he took the shot and then he came. And I was like, that's the most awkward thing in the world. That's yeah, not hiding it from done. anyone. Yeah. What the fuck? I know exactly. What off, Walter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so and so I realized if I always had a glass in my hand, nobody would ever question me with a glass in my hand. Yeah. So I would then just find ways to make sure that it had vodka in it. Yeah. Smart. Very smart. But so, it, it was smart, but it was also like, look at all that extra work just to get through your day, dude. That's all your extra work right there. I mean, so it's. I wasn't doing the laundry effort. or the dishes or, or maintaining anything real in life. I was simply maintaining my addiction to the alcohol. Right. Like you could have taken that amount of effort to figure out how to get a 401k. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. That like, like the, all the amount of effort I built up to all the amount of effort I put in to build this affectation of me being a drunk, like a fun, fun, fun time alcoholic, you know, like with the flasks and walking around and building this whole, like Jerry's a really good time. He doesn't have a problem. Like I could have taken all that effort to like actually further my career or done something more than just, you know, but Hey man, regrets, you know, what are you going to do? Let him go. Leave him alone. Go. I mean, and start doing that shit now. But guess, it. but I still think we, I mean, you run and I count. I count calories and you run. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We still have yeah. those those little mechanisms that help mm-hmm. us get through the day. They just tend to be a little more positive, you know. But like with the running and counting, it could totally go off the rails and get bad. Do you know yes. what I mean? Just like with but drinking. So much, so much more positive. Could way more positive. Like you, know? you really have to push running for it to get bad for you. Or you'd really have to injure yourself a bunch of times to just keep pushing, you know. Right. So I, I mean, I, and I'm certainly not interested in that. Uh, <clears throat> um, so it's just the, uh, and that idea of never forget. And I'm going to repeat, I'm going to quote you one more time and say, when I first got sober and I asked you for advice and this was via right. text. And I think I was laying in this bed right over here in my bedroom. And, and I said, Jerry, what do I do? And you said, tattoo your last bender on your brain. And it uh-huh. wasn't too long after I'd had it. So it was pretty easy. And it's so right there, there. that's something that I've always held with me. Tattoo your last bender on your brain. Just tattoo mm-hmm. it in there. Don't let it go because that's what you're going to need to be able to reach back for when you feel like drinking again, follow yeah. it through to its logical conclusion. You don't even need to th- imagine what it's going to be like because you've done it so many times. You know exactly what it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah. 
It should be <laughs> the same reflex you have as fire. Like touching a hot mm. coil on a stove. You will always remember and associate that with pain so you won't do it again intentionally. That's what yeah. that's what our fucking not even our rock bottoms. That's just what our whole environment of drinking. That's how we should remember it as like a, a you know, a painful thing. This is poisonous, spit it out. You know. That's what I try to do now with my last bender, or even the emotions around drinking at that point when it had gotten so out of hand. That's why I, I just keep remembering that's hot. Don't touch that. That's poison. Spit it out. Like you don't need that. Mm -hmm. Like you already know. You already know what you can do with that. And if anyone's telling you that you don't do that, fuck them. They don't fucking know. They don't know. You know. So don't you know. forget it. You know. No. You, know. you know yourself. <clears throat> um, I love when I address the <clears throat> podcast audience directly. It always makes you me know. feel really weird. Like I'm you like know. Not you know, I'm not telling you what to do. Your hand is so much bigger than mine, John. Well, I just put it right to the. Did you know, I can't, I can't figure out. Did you yeah. uh, notice how much smaller, like how much your hands look different when you've lost weight? Yes. All right. <clears throat> yes, so I have. My screensaver is like, as I'm talking to you, I have my little window, and it's a picture of Olive and her cousin Marcos, and then I have my arm. I'm like in the corner and I have my arm around Olive and you can see my hand there. And this was taken in 2017 and it's such a different hand. It's like a fat, it's like it's like a spam with some fucking Vienna sausages stuck mm. with it. Yes. Like a wolf tattoo. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? It like looks so different. Now I look at my hand. I feel like getting thinner though has aged me. Like I look at my face and I'm like, man, I got a lot older. I got well, yeah, older. Because the, I mean, the, 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 the wrinkles neck. and the, yeah, that Turkey too. neck. Because like, the, the that pushes all the wrinkles out, so you don't look. You know what I'm saying? Like you look younger. Those crow's feet there, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that, man. Like yeah, I'm really too. like I've I've been looking at it and like I've been letting my hair grow out and. I like your and, hair you long. Know, by I do way. too. I mean, yeah. but I have I'm it's thinning up here and it's thinning yeah. back here. But I'm just it's, like you know. It's working for you right now. It's working for you right now. Right. I so, say hold on, to, hold on to the twilight of your <laughs> fucking hairline, dude. I saw a video of you running like on Instagram, and you had your hair kind of, and I was like, man, that's kind of good, good look yeah. for him, man. I think you should continue. Yeah. I will. I will. I just don't want to look like Martin Mole from Roseanne. I'll let you know, dude. I'll be honest with you. I'll be like, <laughs> yo, it's time to fucking go short again. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, Martin man. Mole it's, from Roseanne was a mess, though. So right? You know what I mean? Where it's just all thin all the way to the back, but it's still long and kind of hang. It's just yeah. Just, it's like um, Mr. Grosso from Freaks and Geeks. I know you never watched that show, but I need like to. Like a Johnny Fever kind of thing. You know? mm -hmm. So I wanted to um, address the uh, the podcast, the Dak Shepard podcast. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. <clears throat> so a couple of things. So Dak Shepard, actor podcaster comedian um and he Kristen bell Kristen bell 16 yeah. years sober and um you know he's been very open about it he's been in the program and and one of the things that is concerning and that some of the 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 so basically he relapsed and it was pain pills and it was opioids that um and he, I guess he didn't relapse with drinking, but he was like, oh, well, should I, shouldn't I, can I call myself 16 years sober? If not, did I lose all that? All that kind of stuff. And he tells the whole story. It was a long slip, yeah. Dude, it was a very long, it was, yeah, I mean, it's it beyond relapse. slip, but it was a relapse for sure. So one of the things, now, before I even listened to the podcast, I saw online there was criticism of him bringing up AA because they were saying, hey, you're not a, uh, a spokesperson for AA. You're giving AA a bad name. Like, but don't... he never. Yeah, go ahead and finish. He mentions being in the program. He mentions. Yeah, it he does, but he doesn't. He doesn't say anything about like promoting it. No, no, not at all. So that was my first re. My first. Uh, coming across it, and then I right. saw somebody else was. I think I saw it on Rich Roll's Instagram. Hey, please listen to this. This is really powerful. So I said, okay, I'm going to listen to this and find out what's what's really going on. I listened to it, and I mean, you want to talk about being courageous? Like that doesn't. I don't think that that takes a lot of guts to put that out there. That's yeah, that takes a ton of guts, John. That takes a he <laughs> laid it all out. And and I want to address the thing about the eleventh tradition and people saying mm -hmm. that he's breaking eleventh tradition because the idea is if we have a relapse and then we mention AA. You know what I mean? Publicly in front of everybody and then our relapse, it makes AA look bad. But I think that's really fucking disingenuous. Mm -hmm. I really do. I feel like sure. 
that's really shady to be like, you know, people in AA relapse, people who go through any of these programs relapse. It's what we do sometimes. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and I, maybe I feel real defensive about it because we mention AA constantly, but we're also not Dax Shepard. We're just John and Jerry, two dudes, you know? We're just low-hanging fruit in this game, you know? <laughs> but, like, and I, I can respect that someone would be like, hey, you guys are breaking 11th tradition, but that doesn't make me a detriment to the program because I'm not telling you to go to the program. I'm not telling you that the program will right. solve all your problems. I'm telling right. you that this program worked for me, but I can't tell you what it is because it's a secret program. Do you know what I mean? Where you know that, I mean, I know I'm going on this trail here because I really no. want to talk about Dax, but I really feel like Bill and Dr. Bob put that in there just so there wouldn't be any fucking lawsuits. You know what I mean? Like in a litigious way, like, <laughs> hey, let's not really promote ourselves so this, these fucking drunks, these AAs crash a car and kill some people. Nobody can sue AA for not being an effective program. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Sure. Um, that being I mean, said, yeah. I think well, and so and to that, I mean, I don't know what their motivation was. This is also but, my theory. Right, right. This yeah. is a very small personal theory from one person, one human Me. being, mm-hmm. in billions. Right. So it's not. It's not like. Right. Anyhow, I feel like with anything, any written text that is looked at as a program or as a way of structuring your life and Mm -hmm. people and situations, whether it be the big book or the constitution of the United States of America, which has multiple amendments, these things, I feel this is a suggestion, correct? Mm -hmm. This is not God's law. This is not gravity. This is not physics. This is a suggestion. Oh, do you want to feel better? Oh, is this a good way to organize people? And I'm just using the Constitution as an example, right? Because right? I was going to say, I think those aren't suggestions. Those are like laws. Well, okay, yes. Um, <laughs> but laws are man's suggestion when we're looking at the a, God's law, which you had talked about a few podcasts ago. They have a, amended it. They have made right. changes. You it are right, evolved. absolutely. But and they have that's not my point. AA, though. No. They haven't really. So, a little bit. So but. at the risk of being of, of somebody saying, hey, man, so I'm not promoting it. I no. just I think that I think that everything, including AA, there's got to be some level of evolution over the years. Yes. I think they're just busting that dude's balls because he's famous and people like yeah. to bust famous people's balls. And maybe right. and I'm not here to talk about like Dax Shepard's fame or what he's done in his life, because even I write him off. It's like, oh, he's just a famous dude. The fuck do I care right. about? dude right like because i still function in that weird mind frame where i'm like well you have money so you must be doing great which is totally dumb i shouldn't think that way but i do because there's a lot of resentment so i gotta do a little <laughs> do a little that's, fourth if you know what i'm saying a little, that's your own shit yeah but, yeah it's my own shit but the thing about dax is it takes as far as listening to this podcast it takes a lot of balls to come out and be like hey i fucking lied to you so to me i can consider it a relapse because he lied about it he lied a lot about it like he mm-hmm. made up stories. And if you don't have a problem, you shouldn't be lying about it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't think that's the only brick in that wall, but it's definitely a big brick, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, he yeah. talked at one point about um, that he was like, okay, well, I have to have this medication on top of this one so that yes. I can create these, yes. I can create these scenarios where it's okay for me to be high, where it's yeah. okay for me to have too much because I had this and this and this. And that's exactly what we do. We get wrapped up in these fucking narratives that we are creating these lies and these stories so that we can get high, so that yes. we can get drunk and so that it'll be okay and we can make it. And I just, I normally, I was ready to be, as I think with you, I'm like, oh, he's famous, it's fine, whatever. He'll he's got yeah, money, fucking, right. he can ride it out a little bit easier than me. Um, but I was ready to be more sub- submissive, <laughs> dismissive, dismissive, yeah, dismissive than accepting. So, um, but but I was like, wow, okay, I I I related so much to those feelings and yes. those thoughts. Yes, yes. And it's a series of allowances, right? That's what I related to more than that's the, good. That's a good phrase. The subterfuge. Because I wasn't a big liar when I was and I, I haven't relapsed yet so far, you know, knock on whatever, knock mm-hmm. on the bear. But um I uh, did lie when I drank. I never really lied that much. I lied a little bit, but I was never I was like this what you see is what you get. Like I'm a giant fucking drunk 
this is what you get. I'm not gonna lie. But I did allow. I there were tons of allowances. Like mm-hmm. there were tons of allowances as to why I could drink and what the occasions were, and what I could do while I was drinking. You know, absolutely, absolutely. I think allowances. I think I certainly lied. Um, yeah. More about like it would be well, it would be in relationships where a lot of it yeah. would be like, how much did you have to drink? Mm-hmm. Or you know, are yeah. you going to drink? And so I would lie, and then I would. Oh, I'm only gonna have two drinks, but I would have like four or five. Right, and to say you only had two, but you're all loose and sweaty, and they're like. But in my mind, I was like, well, this all, I only, yeah, I only had the two that mattered. Those beers yeah. didn't count, or whatever no. it was, whatever drinking the beers not drinking, <laughs> whatever the whatever the justification for it was. Yeah. And so, but yes, a series of allowances that allows you to just say, like, yeah, I mean, that's just, hey, man, that's just that's how it goes. That's how I do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think that there was any. No, I don't. I I agree that there was no breaking of any traditions or. No. I just I feel I I we we went through the same thing when we first started the uh, talking about this stuff in the podcast right. and. Well, we went through with each other. I don't know if we ever got any blowback from emails because I no. don't think we have a very large audience, anyways. It is, but we do love our audience. Thank you, yes. by the way, for listening. <laughs> but I don't think we're out there enough where people can hit us up and. If we ever do end up out there enough, like we can be, I don't know. We've always been very transparent about what we do. And it's been hard for us to mention AA in the beginning because we were like, well, I don't want to cause any friction. But at this point, I don't want to fight club. It's not some secret happening in a cave, dude. It's in like modern media. It's everywhere. We're Mm -hmm. just not promoting it, you know? Right. And I don't, I mean, I, it's 2020 dog. We got so much more shit to worry about whether or not you and I say AA. It's true. Woo. It's true. It it really it really falls down the uh, list of things to worry Priorities, about. Priorities, you know, it's a little <laughs> lower there. It's yeah. I've got I've got a box of groceries and two bags of clothes right next to the front door in Do case I You know what I I'm saying? Dude? Yeah. I just put away right. all my clothes from when we were on our evac orders because I was still scared that I was going to get them. I was still yeah. scared we were going to get them even after the fires were contained. Matter yeah. of fact, we had a windstorm the other day, and five miles away in fucking Cresswell, they got evac notices just like two days ago because the fire moves. There was a fire popped up and moved super fast in the wind. So I was like, "Shit, here we go again." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's it's definitely worth listening to. I think. Yeah, uh, absolutely. His uh, and for those of you interested, he's got a podcast called the um, Armchair Expert. Armchair, armchair yeah. Expert or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Armchair Expert. Um. And so it's really, I mean, for somebody to say, I have 16 years and now I have seven days. That's a hell of a motherfucker, dude. Mm-hmm. We hear that, though. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, and- I've absolutely heard that. This is what we do, man. This is what we do. But you and learn, I, though, right? Yeah, you don't You don't lose, you know, like he talks about no, it. I, I don't, it. if I were to drink today, I wouldn't lose the five years that I have. There, nope. I wouldn't lose the knowledge. I wouldn't lose the experience. I wouldn't lose the tools. I would just go, oh, I didn't apply them correctly that day. And so now I need to go back and course correct and apply the tools better. Right. And I mean, it's every, it's all individual. Some people want to reset the time. I don't know if you're being disingenuous. Like I would probably reset the time, but I wouldn't say that, oh, all my experience I have, like you said, it's not all gone. Mm-hmm. Just the time has been reset. And what comes with the time, mm-hmm. the experience, you still have the experience. It's not like the experience goes away if you go on a bender for a week. Not that I'm telling you you should, don't go on a bender no. for a week because it's going to be, your life's going to be much easier if you don't. But if there, if there was only one, I mean, if there was any, um, you know, what we do here is really, again, we just talk about our experience and, and, right. and there's a lot of suggestion. But I think if there was any emphatic call to action that Jerry and I would make, it would be don't drink. Just don't drink. <laughs> yeah. And if you're and, listening to still drinking, that's cool, too. You know, yeah. maybe this is the push you need to really fucking consider how you're drinking and how that's affecting you and those around you and your health and the people yeah. you love and your, all that shit, you know, because it's not just you. Really that's is. another thing I learned, too. In my alcoholism, it wasn't just me affecting me. I was like reverberating out to everyone around me, dude. Mm-hmm. I was like pounding it out to every. It was like a fucking one of those assholes driving by in their loud cars. This is how you can tell them in my 40s, where I'm like, your fucking car scares the shit out of me. But that's what I was. I was just putting sound waves out to everybody around me that I passed, you know, mm-hmm. or had a contact with. It wasn't just me. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's for sure. Hostages and fucking victims. I don't want to be that way anymore. Nah, me neither, dude. The only hostage I want to have is like in a video game, maybe. I can't even think of anything (laughs) clever. I don't necessarily say. The only hostage I want is a sausage or something. I was thinking that was what I was the hostages and sausages. That's exactly what I was thinking. This is why we do this podcast. Prestige entertainment. (laughs) Infotainment. Infotainment. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Never forget, John, and not nine eleven. Never forget. I mean, yeah. if you got sober in nine eleven. Never forget that either, though. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no shit. Um, never forget, man. That's. I think that's. I think that's good. I think that's it. Yeah. You know what I want to do before we end it out, though, is I want yes. to thank the uh, Patreon listener who sent me the care package oh, yeah. T-shirts from his band and stuff. I still don't know if it's cool to say your name on the pod, so I know you're probably listening. So thanks for all that stuff. I'm totally going to rock it. People are going to be like, oh, you like that band? I'll be like, yeah, I've been liking that band since day one. Where you been? Fucking <laughs> poser. Right on. That's awesome, man. Fucking from cool. Ma- the band from Massachusetts. If I get a message from him saying it's okay to put them out there, I will. But if not, yo, shit's cool. I've never received a gift from the podcast, so that's rad. That's awesome. Um, I I know who you're talking about. and yeah. um. He reached out and he sent me a message and he was talking about he's kind of catching up. So he may not get this until you might want to just It'll reach be like out to him. In 18 months. I know. I've already reached yeah. out to him. And thank okay. Him. <clears throat> but he was saying something like, yeah, oh, I just funny. caught up to quarantine up. time. And anyhow, anyhow, it's four months down the road. He's like, right. Oh, yeah. OK, man. <laughs> <laughs> So in in conclusion, thank you guys for listening. It's it's much appreciated, and um, you know the Patreon's there if you want it. If not, that's fine too. Um, that's cool too, man. We ain't no pressure. Um, cool, Jerry. All right, John. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at asforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>